0: Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Well, good morning, everyone. It is so good to see whether you're here in the venue or whether you're joining us at home right now. It is so good to have you with us. If we haven't met before, my name's Stu. I'm one of the pastors here at Lagan Valley Vineyard, and it is my privilege this morning to open up God's Word and to invite us to gather around the table Of communion. Next Sunday, we have Chris from Open Doors who's going to be joining us. If you don't know about Open Doors, they're a wonderful organization who are equipping and resourcing the local church to stand in solidarity with our persecuted brothers and sisters all across the world. And I think next Sunday is going to be a really significant morning for us. So can I really encourage you to sign up if you want to come into the building at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, or you can also watch online, of course. The week after that, we're then going to be opening up our summer teaching series. But today, I want to close out our Psalm 23 series. And we're going to do that by gathering around this table of bread and wine as we remember and as we receive the love of God once again. If you are at home and if you're thinking "Flip." need to run to the kitchen feel free to go and do that right now grab some bread some wine or some juice i want to end in the same way that we began so much had happened and yet there was so much that was still yet to happen there's rumors of this resurrected jesus that were swirling and with all of the disruption several disciples returned back to their old way of living before they encountered jesus one day simon peter He called out to his friends and said, I'm going to go back into the boat and I'm going to start fishing again. And so his friends joined them. They went for hours, but they caught nothing. It was all empty. But a man that they didn't recognize was standing on the shore. He saw them struggling and he shouted over to them, throw your net over to the other side. And as soon as they did that, they picked up a miraculous catch. There was abundance. John, a disciple was baffled by what he saw and he looked back to the shore and he noticed who it was. It is the Lord. Peter, he then instantly jumps into the water. He swims the 100 meters to shore. The disciples left in the boat raging because there was one man down and 153 fish that they had to pull to shore. But as they reached the shoreline, they noticed a fire, a fire that was cooking up some fish. There was some bread on the side. As Jesus said to them, come, let's have breakfast. So much had happened, and there was so much that was yet still to happen. Jesus would soon ascend, the Spirit would descend, the church would be born, but there was this time on the beach that morning to sit, to break bread, to reconnect, to rest, and to be replenished. With the disruption of the denial and the fleeing and the crucifixion and then the resurrection there was so much that had happened and yet so much had remained unresolved and we know exactly what that feels like don't we as we hold on to the tension of unanswered questions as our life pre-pandemic has just experienced an utter upheaval as we're carrying grief but more than anything because we're just so tired with the fire crackling in the background Jesus took time to gently but firmly bring resolution to the things that remained unresolved. Feed my sheep, Jesus told Peter three times. Because since the bird cry, there was this distance. There was this sense of disconnection that Peter carried between him and Jesus. But as he warms himself by the fire, still dripping wet from his 100-meter passionate pursuit, Peter was desperate for that closeness that friendship, that burning within himself, he was so desperate for the presence. Yet for Jesus, any sense of disconnection or separation, it is always counteracted by communion. I, for one, am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Jesus always closes any gaps of disconnection with sheer grace. Right now... On this morning, we all just want to crack on with life, don't we? We want to rush ahead to what's next. We want to speed away from the past year, leaving it to disappear in the rear view mirror. But in the Jesus way, breakfast comes first. Before all that lies ahead, Jesus prepares a meal. He invites us to slow down. He invites us to enjoy being with him, to present our questions, our wounds, and our wanderings in his presence, he invites us to catch our breath and simply encounter him once again. Friends, if Jesus is saying anything to his church right now, I believe that he is simply saying, come, let's have breakfast. If you're here, or if you're at home, can I invite you to open up your Bibles to Psalm chapter 23, and if you're here with us in the building and if you're able can i invite us to stand for the reading of god's word this is psalm 23 come holy spirit the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, it overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord given to us so that we may know the glory of the Father may practice the way of the Son, and be filled over and over and over again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can grab a seat. This, um, this prayer, this ancient hymn, it's felt like a song for the season, right? It's felt pretty timely. Like Stevie would say, it's felt like a song in the key of life. That's Stevie Wonder, by the way, not Stevie from the County Down, you know know who I'm talking about. We have covered quite a lot of ground in the past few weeks, and I, for one, am incredibly grateful for the wisdom and the honesty with which Lou and Lauren, Dana and Andy have led us this past couple of weeks, but there's one thread that has been pulled through everything that we have touched on over the past few weeks in this series. And this thread is best summed up in the final line of Psalm 23, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David uses this turn of phrase, the house of the Lord, to describe the place where God lives. He is so satisfied with the goodness of the shepherd that David wants to be where God is. Wherever the Lord abides, David wants to reside right there. He never wants to leave the presence. He never wants to leave the witness And the closeness of god the truth is though as disciples of jesus we will find ourselves abiding in the house of the lord wherever we go we just need to have eyes to see it and an openness to receive the presence i want to show you what i mean by that if you've got your bible still with you i'd love you to turn with me to Luke chapter 24. this is the account of resurrection sunday Luke 24 begins with Jesus rising from the dead. But then in verse 13, we track with two disciples who are walking towards a village called Emmaus. Let me walk us through this text. Luke 24, verse 13. Now that same day, the day of Resurrection Sunday, two of them were walking to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came and walked with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. The disciples are unable to recognize Jesus with them in that moment. And he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still. Their faces were downcast. I want you to clock this, because for the disciples, their world had completely fallen apart in three days. They've been following Jesus for three years. All of their hope was placed on him and the kingdom that he both proclaimed and demonstrated. But now for them, it was just all over. Everything was disrupted. They were now full of doubts. They were full of utter despair. Everything they had known, invested in, everything that their lives were centered upon, it was just flipped upside down. Their faces were downcast. Verse 18, one of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? What things? Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped. That he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Just hear their sense of hope. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. And in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Then one of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. Notice all of the excitement and anticipation there until the disciples say this, but they did not see Jesus. There was this rumor flying around that the body of Jesus had been stolen Verse 25, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? In the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. He invites the disciples to see things from his perspective. As they approached the, table, or approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us because it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And then, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and then he just disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures with us? We have all journeyed a collective mask esque road this year. On top of that, many of us have also faced lonelier Emmaus roads this year, too. We're left on the road, just looking back, thinking, what the flip has just happened? We're wandering along this path, trying to make sense of it all. Jesus has at times felt distant. Maybe even the life that we had with Jesus has felt stolen from us, thanks COVID. We feel alone on this disorientating path. We're deflated, we're downcast, and we're worn out from the road. But here's the thing. The ancient song of Psalm 23 and the day of resurrection points to one central truth. Jesus has been with us every step of the way. Were our hearts not burning within us while he talked and walked with us on the road? At times, we can't see past the disruption. At times, we may not recognize Jesus because, as Ronald Rolheiser would put it, all of us must continually let go of the God of our youth in order to recognize the God who actually walks alongside us today. But trust me, friends, Jesus has walked alongside you every step of the road of the past year. You have never been alone Like a good shepherd, Jesus has been guiding you. He's been leading you and his goodness and his mercy has been protecting your back. Just like Jesus opened the scriptures to reveal the reality of God's activity through all of the circumstances of life, this is what we have been trying to get at with this series in Psalm 23. Jesus has been our ever present help in our time of trouble. He has never left us. He has never forsaken us. A global pandemic or exhaustion or disillusionment, it cannot hold us back from the company of Jesus or as David would put it best in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Even there your right hand will hold me fast. Here is the most important thing to hear the truest, most resolute, and most resilient part of your life is the proximity of Jesus, especially in the moments whenever our lives are hard, and especially whenever we hurt there's some fake news that sometimes swirls around the church it's just utter nonsense that whenever hard and difficult things happen to us that means that God is no longer with us when in fact at the point of our greatest suffering is the moment of the greatest proximity of Jesus he draws intimately closer in those moments why because God did not stop bad things from happening to God Jesus was forsaken so that he would never leave us. Jesus is the co-suffering God who still bears the wounds of his suffering even on Resurrection Sunday. He never disengages. In this world, we will have trouble, Jesus said, but he has overcome the world. And so we can cling to him along the road of life. His right hand upholds us and we hold fastly to him. As we look back, on our Emmaus Road experiences. And as Christ invites us to see things from his perspective, trust me, you can't help but notice the leadership of the Good Shepherd. This, my friends, is the good news. Jesus is forever with you and he will never leave you. We can't escape the presence of Jesus. He hems us in behind and before. We just need eyes to recognize him but there's something about the way that David writes this final line of Psalm 23. I will dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It sounds like a statement of intent, doesn't it? It sounds like commitment it sounds like pursuit it sounds like a disciple jumping out of a boat and swimming 100 meters to the shore just to be near jesus once again jesus is present at all times but the question that we've got to ask ourselves is are we present to him do we dwell in the place of his presence do we recognize the resurrected walking alongside us I think the key, by the way, to unlock this sense of recognition, this sense of awareness, is desire. A heart that burns simply for the sake of encountering Jesus. Or as Max Lucado would say, when our deepest desire is not the things of God or a favor from God, but God himself, we cross a threshold. A threshold where we join with David in saying one thing that I have asked of the Lord This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life. The thing is, though, as Andy so helpfully shared last week, many of us right now, we feel unanchored. We feel disconnected from Jesus and his presence. Our hearts aren't ablaze with passion like they used to be. And that is why I want us all To gather around this table this morning. Because for some of us, maybe many of us, just like the disciples along the road to Emmaus, life with Jesus, it feels like a memory, right? It feels like it has been stolen from us. But it is in the breaking of bread. That they recognized that it was jesus who was walking alongside them every step of the way and it has been my prayer all week that as we simply take a moment to break bread that the spirit would open our eyes just to see how faithful god has been with us he has never left you but some of us many of us feel like peter this morning don't we there's been this sense of disconnection, the sense of detachment, and we're desperate to be intimate with the Lord again, and we find ourselves in recent weeks or recent months rushing to get back to where we were, to pick things up from where we left off, the way that things used to be, but things aren't quite clicking right now, because mustering up the old energy, mustering up the old desire, it just isn't working, friends. We always get things in the wrong order. We want to get things resolved and get back to the activity yet for jesus he invites us to first things first encounter rest first comes healing first comes replenishment first comes sabbath first comes slowing down first comes intimacy yes there will be resolution yes kingdom activity will happen but we are invited to firstly receive grace because in the Jesus way, breakfast always comes first. Any sense of aloneness, any sense of disconnect or even abandonment we may feel, it's always counteracted in communion. We come to the table empty, but it is at this place that we receive abundance. This is the meal in which we can reconnect, This is the anchoring practice, the practice of love where we get to encounter Jesus, receive his grace and rest in his presence. And so brothers and sisters, come, let's have breakfast. This meal is for the friends of Jesus. For those of you who are moving towards him, and whether our moving towards him is like a sprint at the minute or like a stumble, there is room at this table for you. This morning, we, because we're still living in a global pandemic, are going to use these weird little Nespresso pot things. So before we get into this, some housekeeping. The first seal opens up the wafer. The second seal opens up the non-alcoholic juice. So just to let you know that, um, they're a wee bit footery, but we'll get used to it. But before we share bread and wine, I wanna invite you to take a moment just to pray, to pray where you are, to pray by yourself. In this series, we've been reminded time and time again that every experience is enfolded into the God life. And regardless of what we are facing, David and the rest of the psalmists teach us that there is, there's a sense of holiness and honesty, that we can live open and unafraid with the Father. Sometimes we get caught up only praying what we think God would like to hear from us instead of what's actually going on inside of us. But as you've heard me say so many times in this community, every experience of being a human is a valid entry point into prayer. Or as Eugene Peterson puts it so much better than I ever would, prayer is the act in which we approach God as a living person, a Thou to whom we speak, not an it that we talk about. Prayer is the attention that we give to the one who attends to us. It is a decision to approach God as the personal center, as our Lord and our Savior, our entire lives gathered up and expressed in this approach. And so can I invite you, in the silence of this moment, to pray, to pray truthfully and to pray honestly. In the silence, confess your longings, confess your wounds, confess your wrongs, share your joys share the unresolved direct that which you're carrying towards the father so let's take a moment and let's pray together Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. And Spirit, I pray that in this meal, in these moments, that you would come and that you would reveal to us the presence of Jesus, that you would remind us of just how faithful he has been. Spirit, would our hearts be set ablaze once again as we share in your feast. In Jesus' name, amen. Through a once and for all sacrifice, we have each received the greatest gift of all, union with Jesus. His life has become so tethered with ours, so bound together that it is fair to say that we no longer live, but he lives in us. We are seen by God exactly as Jesus is seen by God. You are who he is. You are beloved. You have been crucified with Christ You've been unified with him. You're not the mistakes that you've made. You're not the plans that have come to nothing. You're not what people say about you. You're not lost in disconnection or in the darkness of doubt. You are embraced by the Father. His ring is on your finger. His cloak is on your back. And you've been welcomed to dine at his table this morning in Christ. You're his friend. You're God's child. And your spirit's home. The love of God can now be our north star, the orientating, burning center of our lives. So in light of such love, let's gather around the bread and the wine. The Lord is with us and his spirit is here. When the savior of the world was stretched out in the tree of death, the elements erupted and the earth gave up its dead. His blood spilled on the earth, transformed earth and heaven. So may his body and blood change us and transform us. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus, he took bread and he gave you thanks. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Can I invite you to share in the bread and to remember the body of Christ, his love broken for you. let's share in the wine together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he gave you thanks, saying, drink this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's share the wine together. And as we do, may the love of Christ fill our lives once again. I don't want us to rush from this place, this intimate space. Alex and Roy are going to lead us in worship over the next couple of minutes. But can I invite you just to stay exactly where you are for a few moments and enjoy just some time, intimate time between you and the Lord to commune together, to enjoy each other's company, to worship together. For some of us, our relationship with god has felt like a long distance relationship right and yet now there is the opportunity to be intimate to enjoy his company so let's do that for a few moments as we pray and as we worship feel free to sit feel free to knee feel free to stand do whatever you want to do just enjoy the presence of jesus can i invite us all to stand together As we move from this place into the rest of our weeks, I want to invite you to join me in speaking aloud a piece of liturgy. And this is quite special for me. This is a prayer that, for the past number of years, I have prayed every single morning. It's a prayer of pursuit. It's a prayer of longing. It's a prayer that simply desires the presence. And it's really special to be able to share it with my family this morning. So if you today are longing to live with an increased sense of the awareness of Jesus, just a knowingness, if you long to simply remain in his presence, in his house, this day and tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, Can I invite you to pray this prayer along with me with your hands open in the posture of receiving, in the posture of longing, in the posture of desire. Um, You're going to need to keep your eyes open, by the way, for this prayer. Um, We're going to pray this prayer together. It's also going to appear on your screen if you're joining us at home. There's going to be sections of it that's going to have the words all on it. So uh, you're able to all say that together. There's going to be certain parts where I'm going to ask you some questions. So let's pray this prayer together. Chris, you want to flick up the first slide? Let's pray this. One thing I have asked of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Who is it that you seek? We seek the Lord our God. Do you seek him with all of your heart? Amen. Lord, have mercy. Do you seek him with all of your soul? Amen. Lord, have mercy. Do you seek him with all of your mind? Amen. Lord, have mercy. And do you seek him with all of your strength? Amen, Christ, have mercy. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. And may you, each of you, find delight simply and solely in the company of jesus may you come to see that he is closer than the air that you breathe and that he has been with you every step of the way may your reunion with jesus be intimate and joyful And full of ease as you dine like old friends around this table. May you learn to trust in the slow work of God as you find yourself in him once again. May goodness and mercy follow you all of the days of your life. May your cup overflow and may your prayer, your anthem, your song in the key of your life forever be. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Thank you all for joining us today. It's been so good to have you with us. Grace and peace to each one of you. Thank you so much. Cheers.